Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Trainwreck Children Radio Podcast, the prologue. This is just sort of a, how do you say it, a way for me to test this whole system out, all this expensive shit that I bought that I have no idea how to use. I'm literally just learning this as we go. So please bear with me. Um, coming to you live from Methwold, England. Uh, you've never heard of it. There's no reason for you to know about it. But that is where I'm coming from. And speaking of locations, that's kind of what I'm here to tell you all about. I want to do this prologue just so those who may be unfamiliar, which is probably no one, all six of you out there listening, can become familiar with how this came about, uh, how I came to sitting in a garage, smoking cigarettes, and talking into a microphone. Uh, as a lot of you probably know, I run a website, or a blog, I'll just call it what it is, uh, trainwrecksociety.com. Uh, it's been a little passion project of mine for the last six years, but uh, I'm going to start out, I'm not going to start out with that, we're going to start out from the beginning. We're going to go way back, literally a decade ago, back in 2007. You guys may remember a little social media site called myspace.com. Uh, it was the shit at that time. Uh, I think it was eventually going to be faded out, but at that time, that's all we had. Uh, we were off the success of Friendster, which I, I was never a part of, but I knew it existed. Uh, anyway, social media was really just starting to be like a fucking thing. It was going to be the thing you had to do. So, of course, I jumped on board. I was uh, 22 at the time. It's because I'm 32 now. That's easy numbers to use for a guy who fucking hates math. Uh, I was living in Rapid City, South Dakota, of all goddamn places. Five years. I'll never get back. No, I, I got nothing wrong with South Dakota. Shout out to Sean Jordan, uh, the Sioux Falls master. Uh, but I was uh, first time away from my real home, which is, of course, in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, so I was still wanting to stay connected. I wanted to see what my friends were doing. Oh, Adam out there, Tyler, Rodney, you guys. I wanted to stay connected, and MySpace was that way to do it. Uh, but MySpace also offered a blog to it, which was something I hadn't really known was a real thing. And I discovered that I could just write shit down and somebody may want to read it and might be entertained by it. So I did that. And uh, it was I started getting a lot of people, started to like it. And uh, at that time, I was starting to learn a bit more, and I realized that there are lots of ways to discover like new music different music just the stuff that we weren't hearing all the time it was available on this thing called the internet which you know only been around for what fucking 15 years before then but i guess i'm a little slow to the game but anyway i decided i wanted to start my own myspace page i had a little page called northwest flava and i was really just uh, alone out in the middle of the Midwest, out in South Dakota, and really missing the Northwest. 
it's still the finest place I've ever lived. I've been all over the world since then, but it's still my favorite place. So I was obsessed with the music in the area. Portland was really coming into its prime at the time, and it's only now starting to just become expensive hipster haven that nobody wants to live in, but that's that's for another time. Uh, so I started this, and I started listening to music. I get on different bands' pages, and I just started writing and talking about them. And then it came to me as like, why don't I see about these real publications that are around? See if they wouldn't mind me jumping in. And I discovered this little website out, based out of Salem, Oregon, a little bit down south, run by a guy named Freddie Ruiz, uh, called Red Crown Review. And they had advertised on there that they were looking for submissions for people looking to talk. And or talk, write shit down. And I thought, you know what? I could do that. I mean, I got this little MySpace page that, you know, my few hundred friends are reading, but why don't I go on and write for someone else? So I did. Uh, in 2007, I wrote my first real blog, an album review uh, for Red Crown Review for a little band called Westfold that I still to this day consider one of the greatest bands I've ever heard. Uh, no longer together, but all of them are extremely, every member is extremely musically inclined and has done some amazing shit since then. I still follow them to this day. So I did that. I believe that was uh, exactly 10 years ago this month. I, I believe it was May 2007. Uh, and I got it up there and I instant gratification. I believe that's what our generation is about probably we we need that we especially the ones younger than me that we need that instant gratification but i and i got that from the the guys at westfold and from the readers who happen to chime in and comment and say things like hey that was that was fucking great thanks and you know all that sort of validation that we all seek whether we want to admit it or not we i got that and i instantly got the bug uh, the problem was I wasn't as into the scene as I could be because, like I said, I'm out in South Dakota. I, I, I'm i not going to shows. Nobody's going through there. I'm not seeing all these guys from the Northwest coming through Rapid City, South Dakota. But I decided I'm, I'm going to do this. So what I did, I ended up scouring the Internet for what's basically free music. Anybody who was willing to give up their music for free on the internet, I would review it. I thought that's kind of a good payoff, I would hope. Maybe give them some notoriety, you know, for this amazing blog down in Salem, Oregon that, of course, everyone's reading. But that was the mindset I was in. So I, you know, I got into that. I spent some time kind of, you know, researching, trying to know what music I liked, find stuff. I discovered it. One artist I'm give a shout out to, Robin Gray. He's actually out here in England, a British fella that I uh, haven't got to meet up yet, but I certainly will. I got a few years out here. All right, sorry, I had to take a break. That was seven and almost eight minutes of talking. I've never done this before, as you can tell. Uh, really just working the gears here, trying to figure out what I'm doing. Anyway, I just started discovering free music. 
And in 2008, I discovered another website based out of the Northwest that was looking for writers. Um, and that was a little place called fencepost.com. Uh, it's still available. Run by a dear friend, Andy Fenstermaker. Hope I'm saying that right, Andy. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, so he was looking for writers. Uh, I sent him some stuff I did with Red Crown, which is literally just that one, and I think I did one more later. Uh, this was this would have been almost a year later. There was a little lag time in there. I wasn't real sure what I was doing, but I got in touch with Andy, and this is where it all began. It was Andy was already established with his blog. He'd already had so, so many publicity folks and record labels sending him shit that he just could not handle it all which I would eventually totally understand, but let's not get ahead. So he would just send me stuff. He asked me what I liked. He asked me what I was into, what I'd I want to write about. And I told him, and it just kind of kicked off from there. And several hundred album reviews and features, eventually live reviews later, uh, I hit. I couldn't go on about all of them. I can remember little bands that, there's a lot of them are just not around anymore. I mean, that's the nature of the game. It, it comes and goes. I do remember, I'll tell a quick story, uh, one of the first ones I ever did uh, was for a band called Verona Red. I believe they're out of Chicago. And going back to that instant gratification, uh, I wrote something that along the lines of their music was like an episiotomy of the soul. I have no idea what that would mean when I'm really looking back on it, but they fucking loved it, and that was that gratification that I wanted. It was one of the very first things I did for Fence Post. I know that for sure. I don't remember if it was the first, but I know it was a single review for a song that I really liked. What the song was, I'd really have to look it up. But Yeah, the episiotomy of the soul. They really seemed to dig that. I was... That was when I was like, you know what? This is something I'm going to fucking do. And for another close to at least over two years, that was my main gig. I was writing for Fence Post. I wrote about anything, anyone. Uh, in 2009, uh, relocated back to the Northwest for the most part, Spokane, Washington. Uh, a lot of things became more accessible living there. Uh, it's goddamn. It's one of my favorite cities. Uh, not exactly the best point in my life, but I, you know, I enjoy that city. I a lot of good things came out of there. I'd say more good than bad. Uh, but yeah, I moved to Spokane. Uh, eventually, in summer of 2010, I actually met Andy for the first time in in real life after close to over two years of writing for him. And I remember meeting him out in Mount Vernon, Washington, and we had a, a few couple of beers. And he gave me a f big old Fred Meyer shopping bag full of albums that I still have many of them to this day, even though some have made their way to uh, garage sales and pawn shops across the country just as a means of room. Um, yeah, I spent a good amount of time doing that, writing for writing for Andy. And uh, it was things when things really picked up and changed for me was uh, 
was in this, uh, what'd you call it, fall, around the fall of 2010. Uh, let me, yeah, around the fall of 2010, uh, I picked up this book um, called Heavy Rotations, and it was essentially just a collection of stories from different music writers and musicians edited by one man. And it was, I found it really interesting, except that it was about some, you know, more famous, large groups, uh, artists, very well established, which wasn't exactly something I was entirely, you know, into at the moment. I was, you know, I was listening to so much independent music and from these groups that, and artists that just, you know, struggling to survive. And that was more of what I, I knew. So I was, I just, one night I was in uh, Wichita Falls, Texas, I was in a hotel room reading this book, and it just struck me that I had been going at this for three years, solid with fence posts for just over two years, and I had been introduced to so many great people, you know, digitally. I hardly ever meet anyone physically. We'll get into that later. But, and I thought, you know what, I would like to do that. Why don't I put out a book? I've always loved writing. I've, I've been writing all these album reviews. Uh, I don't didn't feel like I was quite ready to, you know, write an entire book myself. But what if I got my these people I knew? What if I got them all together and we all, you know, put something together to give to the world? And so I came up with this idea. And I emailed it out to a couple people. I actually have this list in front of me right here which is goes way back written on uh, one of the notepads from the hotel with a few email addresses as ideas like let me call these people and and look who's seen on here yeah mo most of them all of them made the book everyone's who's on here uh no they didn't but anyway I so I emailed these people and I said what what do you think of this now I have no money I'm not gonna pay you I simply just can't do that. But what thing, what thing are people most likely to go for? Uh, charity. Why don't we make it a charity-based book? Like I, I'm not in this to make money. I just I want to have fun with it. Let's do this. So I wanted to make a book and put it out and have 100% of the profits go to a charity. Now that was this is all a vague idea. I didn't even know what charity I wanted to use. Uh, and then it just that same night everything fell together. Like the main premise of it all fell together. Uh, good old friend Ryan Fay is a writer for the Portland Mercury, uh, still still living in Portland. He told me about a little thing called Kickstarter, and I didn't know what that was. And now cut seven years later, it's like. A foundational tool that everyone uses and Ola Nyberg uh, was a musician from a band called before I'm sorry I wrote hold on okay I don't know I'm here this I'm just gonna prep, go again and say this this is all rough this is really rough audio here maybe I'll try and edit or not I mean keep it organic but anyway Ola Nyberg uh, told me about all the thing uh, cystic fibrosis of which his son is dealing with. And I thought, well, there we go. Let's do it for that. Why not for that? 
That's as solid and wonderful as a cause to do it for. So with that, I was getting everyone I knew on board. I tried to get as many people as I could to get on, and I, I had no idea how many. I didn't know how many I wanted to do. But eventually it all just started aligning. I had I had the cause. I had the idea. It was basically just to take this Heavy Rotations book and make it about independent music. Uh, I let people could write about whatever they wanted, anything they wanted to talk about. As an independent artist, what do they want to know? And that was essentially what we got. It was amazing. It, I'm really proud of what the, the book turned out to be. Uh, we did the Kickstarter campaign. I raised over $3,000, which I still to this day don't know how that happened. I don't know how we made that happen. But when you have so many great people involved, that's it's going to be fantastic. Uh, so I got, I started uh, gathering it all up, and in the end, uh, the entire quality is maybe not the best it could have been. Could could have learned a lot of stuff since then, but uh, I I was in way over my head like I am right now. This, this is just kind of how I do things. Uh, eventually, it works out, hopefully or not. But but in the end. We had a successful Kickstarter campaign and a book that I self-published uh, through Marquette Custom Publishing in Spokane, uh, MarquetteBooks.com. Sure, they're still around. Uh, from a great man who's a, uh, it's actually a professor at WSU, and he runs this whole publishing company out of his garage in uh, the suburbs of Spokane Valley. Uh, so he. No, that was an interesting story. Was I hadn't even gotten that far. I had or like had the money, and I was looking into about self-publishing, and this was kind of the first company that came up. There were some online, you know, around the country. You, you can do it all online, and I was like, well, at very least, let's do that. But I ended up finding this guy locally, and at first, the I remember the first phone call. He said. Sorry, we're not accepting anyone at this moment. And I just my heart just dropped. I was I was like, "Oh shit, here I am with $3,000 in a bank account. I have no idea what to do with this money." So I I panicked, but then about 5 minutes later, he got back on the line and said, "Wait a minute. You're just looking to self-publish. You just need printing." It's like, "Yeah, I just I need you to, you know, print this out for me." He said, oh, shit, yeah, we can do that. That's that's easy. Expensive, but it's easy. He just wasn't going to be, you know, signing me as one of, as an author, and I'm like, I, I'm not an author, so perfect. Eventually, we got it going, and I'm realizing now I'm completely ignoring one of the even bigger parts of this whole thing was that we had an album with it, a, a great album. Still, it's one of my favorite collections, biased or not. It's just some damn good music. So we had a a, a uh, compilation album to accompany it, and some of the a lot of the same people who were in in the book also happened to be on the album. That's just kind of how it works. But we did have people on the album that were not on the were not on in in the book. Uh, shout out again, Robin Gray gave he made a beautiful uh, original song for us. And some uh, and others, uh, they passed along music, uh, some unreleased tracks, some released tracks, anything that it 
it fit the mood of what we were trying to do and what would eventually become Children of Mercy, Tales and Teachings from the World of Independent Music. Uh, let's, let me open. I have it in front of me. I thought it would be a good thing to have here. The names. There are just so many people in here. I can't go through and name them all, but some that are still major parts of my life. I I still talk to them regularly. Uh, good old Anna Lynn Williams. Can't forget about her. She was uh she was our our star, I believe. If if we had to call one that was like the the most famous that we had in there, it would be uh, Anna Lynn Williams. But then uh, we got Alex Hallett. I I cannot say enough great things about this man. I've been watching him since before this book came out. I've been watching him grow and all the things that he's done. Uh, he's been a staple at Trainwreck Society. Uh, we, I just, I, that would be, that's a man that I, once this thing starts going, I will be talking to, you will hear from him. Uh, Phil, Tremelo King, another great man that had a, had a wonderful time actually meeting. Uh, Andy, Fenstermaker came around, because uh, he's always supported me in everything I did, whether he believed it or not. Uh, Michael Nestor, uh, gotta give a shout out to him, who also ran the label that, he did all this work for us to release the album digitally and uh, physical copies. Uh, I don't think any more of those exist. If anyone held on to them from their Kickstarter rewards, that's a, you're it. That's it. Uh, it's only put in a couple of stores that probably just decided that's not selling, so they got rid of it. But digitally, it did 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 well. Uh, he helped us get it everywhere it needed to be. It was 2010 or 2011 when the book and album finally came out so everything was accessible but i mean not as accessible as it is now everything's gotten even easier uh but just oversaturated i think but never that's not let's not get into that yeah uh april 1st 2011 the book came out uh february 8th 2011 was my 26th birthday. Uh, the album was released, so that was pretty exciting. And then, uh, two, like I said, two months later, the book was out. It was out to the world. Uh, we And it still exists. You can still find it if you uh, look uh, anywhere. I even have a stack of copies still. Uh, we've raised some money for cystic fibrosis, through the uh, Cystic Fibrosis Foundation in the U.S. and a little bit to the Fibrosis Trust in the U- here in the U.K. But uh, honestly, it it you know I don't think we were able to make a huge dent in cystic fibrosis through our efforts. But you know what? It, we did it. We we gave. I've made no money off this book. In fact, I'm pretty sure we were at a loss, or me personally was at a loss. But that's not the point. It wasn't about the money. It was about creating something. And we had 40 tales and teachings from like artists, producers, label runners, promoters, writers, and even just listeners of independent music, people who love music. And now that is out there in the world. Um, I had a wonderful time actually promoting it. That was actually one of the funnest things I ever did. I got to do a lot of stuff that I, I never thought I would do. I was on the radio all over the place. That was that was incredible to me. I was ecstatic about that. I uh, met up with Cindy Kimmel, 
is one of the writers in the book who was a DJ over at uh, WSU in Pullman. Uh, that's and then I became um, not a, I wouldn't say a regular, but I I started uh, hanging out over at KYRS in Spokane, which came eighty eight point one. Where I first started with Bob Rice, who's an amazing uh, DJ there for several years. He now runs Indie Air Radio. Uh, and then I met Martin Halazzini there, who did uh, Motion Granted Radio. And at first I was going on that that one, uh, that show a bit, just to promote the book. And then eventually just I, I just liked hanging out. We, he was an awesome guy. Uh, he Then he moved, and then I moved. So, you know, kind of stopped from there. But uh, going into, uh, right into where Trainwreck came around, uh, I was in Biloxi, Mississippi, another uh, little six-week stint down there. Delightful place, honestly. I did, I did have fun down there. Uh, while I was there, I um, met up with Phil the Tremolo King, and uh, uh, he was also in the book, an amazing guy. I gave a brilliant song to the soundtrack, still one of my favorite songs of all time, called Afternoon Sun. I definitely recommend that one. Uh, we went on, we did a little radio gig there. Um yeah, uh, before that I did uh, 4,000 Holes in Spokane. Shout out to Bob Gallagher. That was that was my jam right there. I love that place. Uh, he let me do a little uh, live reading before uh, a little in-store gig, and I was extremely nervous and just, just shitting anxiety. But, yeah, uh, got down there and went to New Orleans. That's where I met Phil. We, went, we were in New Orleans and did a, did a gig down there. That was that was amazing, but then it, uh, something happened. Then I uh, I got a contacted by College Magazine about the project. Somehow they became aware of it and they wanted to do an interview. And I was like, I I don't know how to do that. Uh, I had done a one phone interview for uh, the Daily News in uh, Longview, Washington. And it it didn't go well, uh, the but but College Magazine had a different idea. They just wanted they sent me some questions. Just sent questions. They said, "Hey, answer these. We'll put them in the in the magazine and on the website." And here you go. And I thought, what a brilliant idea for people like me that I I've been living in places where I didn't I didn't see people constantly. Uh, yeah, I thought. I could do that. Let's fucking do that. And I did it and it went up and it was great. I really enjoyed it. And then it was that was kind of uh the end of Children of Mercy. Like there was there was not much else I could do with it. I was still writing for Fence Post. I, I still had stuff going up constantly with him. Um like he had me shit, some weeks it would only be me on there and that was that was pretty cool. I like that. But Essentially, Children of Mercy was done. I, I didn't have anything else to give. So I was like, what the hell do I do now? I mean, I'll go back to I'll go back to Fence Post. I always have that. I was still doing it. I mean, maybe not as regularly because I was kind of focused on the book. But shit, yeah, what do I do now? Uh, so I was sitting in my hotel room. I lived in for six weeks. Uh, binge watching Netflix. And this documentary came up. Uh, called I Think We're Alone Now. It's about people who were just obsessed with the pop star Tiffany. 
She's extremely specific, I know. But even in 2011, I was like, why do we give a shit about Tiffany? And shortly after that, I was something came up on the sci-fi channel. I don't remember what the damn movie was, but one of those stupid sci-fi movies that I actually really enjoy. I don't give a shit. Uh, and there was Tiffany. And I was like, well, Tiffany is just invading my life right now. And I'm, I mean, I'm not obsessive like these people, but I somehow that came to me where I was like, I want to know what Tiffany thinks about these obsessive people and what, you know, what is her idea of this? I thought I would love to talk to her about it. Uh, a spoiler alert: I've never spoken to Tiffany in digital, vid- physical format anyway. But anyway, that's where the idea stemmed from. Was you know I've been doing fence post for quite a while, uh, writing album reviews all about music. But I've always had kind of a bigger passion for for movies, films, and television. That's that's always been my main one. But it was just harder than music eventually at, at this point i had been writing so much that i just i couldn't keep up with emails with publicity and all this stuff but i so i was able to pick and choose a little bit so that was nice but then but i didn't have any kind of in in the film world and it wasn't something that andy at fence post was really into or wanting to do so i thought for a moment i was like why don't i just why don't i do it myself like andy's got a blog and that's you know doing his thing why can't i do that so on believe it the night of july 4th 2011 i logged on to wordpress bought a domain i paid for it i was like you know if i'm gonna go all in on this i'll pay for it so to get that little dot wordpress.com thing out of there uh i i'm gonna do this so I you know had to think of a name. Uh, a lot of people have asked that before. Where the name Trainwreck Society comes from? The society part, I don't know. I just just I wanted to. I'd say I wanted to build a little society, but I just think it's a better word than group or place or anything. But but the train wreck aspect comes from uh, dear friend Tyler Averett. He knows this. I'm, hopefully he's listening. He wrote a song way back in high school when he was uh, just obviously going to be a rock star he totally fucking knew that i mean he's a rock star in his own right not playing music but you know he still is anyway he wrote this song called train wreck that always stuck with me and it's always been great i don't think it's ever been recorded i've tried to get him to do it forever tyler just fucking do it anyway uh i was like that sounds catchy enough so i remember speaking with andy writing andy and be like hey man uh I think I want to kind of branch out. I want to go, I want to do this. And uh, <laughs> just because I owed everything to him. Any any person who wanted to contact me about music, it was because of them. It, they didn't care about me personally. They wanted fence posts because it became a real, real popular thing. They were, it's an amazing site. So I said, hey, do you mind if I basically steal some of your clients and move over and do my own thing and he was extremely receptive of it. he's like perfect do it you know why not more the merrier which says so much about his character that so i did it um actually i know that some of the first bands that i wrote about actually came about for me 
the very first album review was for from a band called the Coffin Collectors. It's actually a British group out here. I ended up ended up prior to that becoming pretty knowledgeable about the music out here. So I'm um, being here. I'm pretty excited about getting into that. But anyway, uh, yeah, July Fourth, Independence Day. I was in a alone in a hotel room in Biloxi, Mississippi, and I put it up, put the first album review up. And I remember staring and looking at it and like, this is me. This is what I'm going to do now. But like, as going back to the Tiffany thing, it it was an album review was my first thing because that's just what I know. But it wasn't what I wanted to do entirely. I would do a, several more since then. But what I wanted was to talk about movies. I wanted, I wanted to talk about music, art, anything else too. Because like, if I was just going to do another music blog, there was no reason for that. I'd just stay with fence posts there. You already work for the best. Why, why ruin that? So, I I did a couple, a couple more album reviews. I got some friends involved. Friend Dustin and L. Ray came on and started writing. Uh, Dustin was uh, the poli sci major out in uh, Minneapolis at the time. I had him writing some political stuff. Uh, I didn't. I had. He didn't really care to continue, and I also decided that I don't. I'm not getting into politics on this. This is just not worth it. And, uh, Ray actually wrote the first movie review, my friend Ray Wigington, uh, for the film Watership Down, which if you haven't seen, uh, Jesus Christ, it's it's ridiculous. But that was where it kind of started from there. I was like, you know what? We can do this. I I don't have to just be a music blogger. I can go on and write about anything I want, and I wanted to do some damn interviews. I wanted to talk to people. But, of course, I am I am not the kind of person who can just talk into a microphone, as you can tell. No. I, uh, I wanted to do these questionnaire-based interviews the same way that College Magazine did. I thought it was perfect. It, it just gives people the opportunity to write whatever they want, at their own convenience, you know, who am I? I'm, I'm not goddamn entertainment weekly. It's they do it for the out of the goodness out of their hearts because I'm not providing that much publicity to them. I've had some cases where they you know, they've been extremely grateful and different connections have been made because of the site and which is awesome, but I'd say the majority of the time I'm just they're just being nice and so I did that in the end of 2011. I got my first one. I did my very first digital interview. Oh wait, going back. Hold on. I have to I have to go back a little bit. I have to go back. Oh Jesus, that same year, but for a different site. I I tried to get my first interview. I wanted to do the digit. I wanted to do the interviews, but Trainwreck Society was so new. We we just I wasn't gonna be able to draw anyone with that. But I had another site that was uh, very popular in Portland called Crappy Independent Music, the blog. That was uh, that was it was very popular around the area at the time. I, I don't know if it's still going, but uh, I figured I need to use the validation of them because I'd I'd written a little bit for them off and on. I what used that validation to contact somebody who was actually just a, a transplant into Portland. So I thought Portland a little Portland hipster website, uh Portland transplant, let me contact this guy. 
and his name was Timmy Williams. Uh, someone, some people may know it right away, but he's uh, one of the members of the Whitest Kids You Know sketch comedy that uh, troupe. It's still just one of the most amazing things to ever be televised, in my opinion. So he did it, and I did my first one, stumbled through that, bumbled my way, just <laughs> I didn't know what I was doing. But he was really nice, and again, like they they just entertain you. They entertain it, like hey, maybe this. It's not killing them to do it, so they'll do it. And that went live up on crappy independent music the blog. And so I I basically had my first credit. That was my first one. Like hey, I interviewed Timmy Williams of uh, Whitest Kids You Know. It was 2011. The show was, you know, the show was still going. It was it's pretty popular. But it gave me that sort of validation my in to where I took that over to Trainwreck Society and I did my first interview at Trainwreck Society with an amazing author uh by this point I'm back in Spokane Washington uh with author Jess Walter who's still he's one of the greatest writers working right now uh, in fiction and anything he's he's incredible but he also happened to be from Spokane Washington so it's a bit even more accessible even though he was just in my backyard, I believe he lived near where I did, but uh, it's kind of weird, but I never actually saw him in person. I did it digitally because it's, it's just how it worked for me. I wasn't, I'm not good in the public scenario. Then I was, I'm, I'm getting better, I think. I mean, I'm sitting in a garage talking into a microphone by myself. I might be learning some shit. But I, I did that one, and that became the very first interview up for at Trainwreck Society. Uh, now I had two. <laughs> uh, and then the folks at Crappy Independent Music uh, let me take the Timmy Williams interview, and I posted that up at Trainwreck and became my second interview. And then it just started working out from there. I guess mu- went back to the music a little bit, doing a bunch of album reviews for and features and all this stuff. And uh, my good friend Katie McIntosh at XO Publicity hooked me up with uh, Thomas Pridgen, was uh, the drummer for the Mars Volta and had just started his own project with the Memorials. So I was still going back. Uh, I was I was going back to my my people I already knew with with Andy and all the publicity folks, and it just started running. It started running with it. It was it was going well. Everything was wonderful. So at this point, I had I had three right off the bat. I had three amazing. Uh, interviews. I had like one of Timmy Williams, an actor. I had Jess Walter, an author. I had Thomas Pridgen, a Grammy award-winning musician. The validity started coming, and I just, I just ran with it. I got myself an IMDb Pro account and started finding everyone's publicist, uh, manager, even eight talent agents. They know that's not the right route to go, but it's what I do, and. I started doing the interviews. I just started started rolling with it. And now as of to date, we're with everything I have in the queue, we're about to hit our two hundredth interview, which is fucking ridiculous to me. I can't believe I've done this this much. Uh so yeah, um we've as you can tell I keep stopping. I I keep running out of breath here. Anyway, yeah, we've been around July 2011. We're coming up on our uh, six-year anniversary here. 200 interviews. It's just 
an amazing experience. It's been so great. Recently, I um, became obsessed with podcasts. I fucking I that's all I do. It's all I listen to. I don't even listen to music anymore. It it's rare for me to if people who read the site will notice I'm doing a shit ton of interviews and hardly ever talking about music anymore. Like I've done four album reviews this year, but four amazing albums. When I when I when I post one about an album, no, it's fucking amazing. Uh, yeah, I've been moving all around the country. Started in Biloxi, Mississippi, all around the world actually. It's more appropriate. Started in Biloxi, Mississippi, brought it back to Spokane. Then I uh, moved to Songtan, South Korea, for a year. Went down into southern Spain for three years, and uh, yeah, the site followed. I had a uh, a brief hiatus, fifteen months, about. So it uh, it just it, the site started to wear on me. It, I had you know real life to deal with. I I just couldn't do it anymore. I, I had to some personal stuff to take care of. But eventually, as I knew I was going to be leaving Spain and moving over here to England, I thought, I got I to gotta bring this back. Why the hell not? So I did last uh, October 2016. I did a whole uh, series uh, from the vault where I actually just took all these albums that I had in my closet that I never wrote about that I always wanted to. And I mean, I did a. I just decided to go a little bit experimental with it. My whole aspect of writing before was to simply never make it personal. I never wanted to personalize it. I was talking about the bands, talking about the music, doing the interviews. It was nothing personal whatsoever. And I think that's where why it was so easy to let it go for that fifteen months because it wasn't personal. It was just it was just something I did. So when I, after, you know, a 15-month hiatus, I brought it back. I said, if I'm going to bring this back, I need to do it differently. I need to do something a little different. I'm frightened of change, but I need to do a little different. And then I decided, let's fucking make it personal. Let's write longer. Let's write longer shit. I wanted to do, I used to try and keep an album review down to 300, 300 words. That was a solid little tidbit, keep people interested. And I said, fuck that. Let's do it a thousand. Let's do a thousand words. Let's do two thousand words. Who cares? Why why am I limiting this? It's not a, a product in which I'm making money. It's a product for my entertainment. So fuck it. I'm gonna do it the way I wanna do. And now seven months later, it's it's been amazing. It's been so great. I've gotten to do so many more things. I jumped right back into the interviews. I wish I had Newt could tell you the first one that I did that Maybe great. I uh, I know I did the From the Vault series, and then uh, one of the things we got pretty known for was a uh, around Halloween we did a week of horrors, horror film interviews with people who have made some of the most some of the greatest horror movies. Uh, that you know came into actually doing a awesome interview with Daniel Myrick, one of the creators of the Blair Witch Project. So we were back. It, it felt great. And it has been great. It's been great to go back at it. Um, the, so much has happened just in the last seven months between moving from Spain to England uh, that I've been backlogged with, with interviews. For the first time, I'm I'm way ahead. I'm, I'm keeping up with it. 
So, and that's given me the chance to try and make this shit happen. Uh, podcasting, like I said, has become a a staple for me. I, I listen to probably at least three or four a day. I have a long drive every day. Uh, mostly all very well-known uh, podcasts that everyone's listening to. Mostly comedy. I'm really, uh, I love stand-up comedy. And I love what uh, podcasting has done for that genre. So... Of that, but also uh, the main reason I think I got into it was a few couple of years ago now. Uh, my friends back home, you know, you guys are listening, did uh, Four Guys Drinking, and it was so great to listen to. I, just, I was hearing these people that I, I know personally, I know them like one of my best friends is there, he's on this show, and like he gets to do this, and then of course jealousy kicks in I want to do this so I kicked around the idea for a while and uh, eventually I bought all of this shit that I'm staring at that I'm realizing I, I there's so many buttons here I don't know what I'm doing but anyway uh, four guys and I listened to it constantly and that got me into listening to more podcasts and most again mostly comedy uh, I attribute all my listening to either Mark Marin or Doug Benson from uh, Doug Loves Movies. I've learned about everyone. Any podcast I listen to now came from those two, besides uh, Four Guys. Uh, four Guys kind of went off the rails a little while ago. They're not quite to get doing that anymore. But uh, that led to Adam actually moving over to Super Geeky Playdate, which I got to give them a shout out. Uh, Trainwreck Society being a uh, proud sponsor of that program. So, yeah, I moved the transition from the blogging to the podcasting. I know it, it doesn't quite make sense. It doesn't fit. And if you're listening to this, I'm probably not doing a very good job at it. I'm just realizing I've been rambling for 46 goddamn minutes. Jesus Christ. Uh, yeah, four guys happened. It, uh, Super Geeky Playdate is happening. Uh, my f- good friend Adam Madsen, Metal Madsen, uh, we're we're both kind of getting into this. He's he's working on his stuff. He's doing Super Geeky Playdate. He was recently on the Nightmare podcast, which is another great one I love with Dan Hamer. Uh, yeah. So essentially, this is the longest bullshit introduction you've ever listened to. And I, if you've made it this far, I. God damn, what is wrong with you? Uh, but the idea behind this is not just going to be me rambling in a garage. Uh, I'm not positive when we're going to officially make this a regular program, but I'm going to be doing a lot of interviews. I'm going to finally break that shell, and I want to talk to people in person. I, I love having conversations with people, but I when I'm trying to do a direct interview over a phone, it just it's failed miserably over the years. So I've stuck with the uh, questionnaire-based format. But now I'm I'm here in England. I know some amazing people out here that are going to be having uh try and get on and talk to me around here. Uh, my Me and my wife, uh, I'm going to convince her to, we, to do this kind of uh, English history. Because <laughs> she knows so much shit about everything that goes along here. And we've been touring these different castles and shit. And I'm just so ridiculously stupid at all this English thing. I I know what a tutor I know the names of tutors and Boylan's and shit like that but I'm I'm here in one of the most historical countries ever like this place used to own everything 
here in Portugal, but I don't know shit. I don't know anything. So I want to talk to her a bit. She she'll learn some things on you about that shit, and I'll just I'll fart in between and tell jokes, whatever. So, uh, and then uh, in December of this year, I'm actually f- going back to the Northwest for the first time, and by the time I get there, it'll be four years I haven't been back there. In the last five years, I've been back to the United States for about nine days last year. Yeah, I've been been over here a little while between Asia and Europe. It's just that's a whole other thing too. But so yeah, um, when I'm there, of course I'm going to uh, be doing a shit ton of interviews there. Uh, hopefully, somebody who may be listening to this uh, might be one of you. Um, imagine of the six to 12 listeners I'm uh, expecting to get out of this. Um, it might be one of you. Oh, Mike, Mike, are you listening? Mike Phillips. Yeah, I really want to talk to you, man. And, uh, Alex, I, I want to meet Alex up and meet you up there up in Seattle. So yeah, in between all along, uh, between Portland and Seattle, I'd love to get over to Spokane and talk to some people, but I I'm not gonna get my hopes up over that one. It's 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 not far, but it's far enough. Uh, so yeah, uh, this is gonna be Trainwreck Children Radio Podcast. Uh, radio comes in because uh, I want to play some music. Uh, I think I'll get into that right now. I think I'll shut the hell up. It's been about 50 minutes. I think this will be an appropriate prologue. Uh, now I need to shut it down. And see if it even recorded, if I know what the hell I'm doing here. So thank you for listening to the prologue here. Uh, I'm going to now jump in and see if I can make this thing work. So again, thanks for listening to Trainwreck Children Radio Podcast. The prologue, keep yours open. Go to trainwrecksociety.com. More information will be there. Listen to Super Geeky Play Date. Yeah. That's what I have for you. So thank you for helping me introduce myself to the world of podcasting. Uh, As my friend Scott Lawrence would say, and I'm going to steal his line, have a wonderful evening and a beautiful tomorrow. Hey guys, uh, you don't realize this, but I shut everything down and then realized I said I was going to play some music, but I didn't tell you what the hell it was going to be, and that's probably the right thing to do. Again, Thanks for uh, dealing with me here. But uh, the, uh, the song I want to play for you is, is actually has a quick story. It is a uh, cover of a Feist song. Uh, it was done by Robin Gray and Anya McCloskey. Uh, it was a great story. It's on the Trainwreck Society. If you look, uh, look them up, uh, they did this song as a gift for me, and it was like one of the most treasuring things I've ever had happen. Uh, I guess they, they met up over here and... Uh, just hung out because of the book, because of Children of Mercy. They they just decided to hang out, and then they recorded this track together, and it's beautiful. They do it amazing. I dare say it's uh, better than the original. So, uh, with, anyway, here is Robin Gray and Anya McCloskey doing a cover of The Park. Thanks for listening. Come back through the park. He 
thought that he saw him, but no, you did not. It's not him who'd come across the sea to surprise you. Not him who'd know where in London to find you. Could become the man who could make you show you 